and welcome to another edition of Thoughts of the Roundtable with me, Matt Rebar. And me, Paul Laux. And there's two very important topics that we have to get to today. So let's start with one that hits very close to home. Paul. That sounds so dire, though, the way you said that. (laughs) I mean, are they not important topics? It's it's like those episodes of, um, like, any sort of forensic files. Like, they were a perfect, happy family until they weren't. (laughs) I love those episodes where, like, they're like, did the husband do it? And then, like, it, like, zooms in on the husband's face, and you're like, yeah, the husband definitely did it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, every time they're like... And he was a suspect. It's immediately that person. <laughs> They're like, and they found blood in his car. Ooh, doesn't look good. Really, uh, but this really those, oh, go ahead. Sorry, those episodes you can figure out in like literally the first three seconds. Like, <laughs> literally the first couple minutes at least. I know. I mean, like 80% of the time, it's someone close to the victim. I mean, seriously. Uh, but speaking of that personal topic close to home, Paul, uh, share with us what happened recently. Well, early this year, I had a little bit of spare time thanks to COVID, so I did something that I've always wanted to do, and I wrote a book. And tell, let's start with the name of the book and give us a quick synopsis. The, book, the title of the book is We Always Find Ourselves Here, and the, that title has been in my head mm-hmm. for um, a long time, actually, mm-hmm. and something I don't know. The thing is, I kind of, I didn't want to say wrote, wrote it around that, but it's kind mm-hmm. of like, it just it kind of fit with what I always wanted to do. And so the long, open-ended synopsis of the story, which, you know, it's funny enough because I've, I've writ, or wrote this, and everyone's like, well, what's it about? One of the hardest things I've found out that is, is writing a 220-page book is the easy part. Summarizing it in a paragraph is extraordinarily difficult. Oh, you know, I hate to be the, the bearer of bad news, but in currently my master's, we've actually talked about this. If you can't summarize it in a sentence or a paragraph, there's a problem. <laughs> so not to like <laughs> not a to like get how? you like problematic but um like the the concept there is like you know when it comes to theme and subject you should be able to try and narrow it down i mean but it, it is hard especially well, when i think that see i i kind of disagree with that a little bit because when you write these things you're so long-winded because of the nature of what it is and then someone asks you to i that that's some bad advice man i'm going to tell you right now that's some well, bad no, advice well no i mean think of it what like kind this, of school you know you going what to? is What's the theme of Harry Potter? Yeah, but no, okay, listen. But to say to say <laughs> something is wrong, that's just offensive. No, I wouldn't say that it's wrong. It's more of that good stories are able to be watered down. I disagree so to much. To a good sentence or paragraph. I'm not saying that like I necessarily believe in that, but it is a challenge as a writer. I'm always trying to find the like, quick ways to say this is the concept. So, like, for example, when I tell people about Thoughts of the Round Table, I go, you know, me and Paul, we talk, we do some advice and news, we have specials, we bring on guests, and audio documentaries. And that's the sentence to describe Thoughts of the Round Table. Or, like, the other sitcom I do, or the other podcast I do is a sitcom podcast, Non-Denominational. And for that, I say, it is a workplace-style dysfunctional comedy that takes place at a church. And that's, like, your intro. That is, like... Kind of the summary a little bit. So Fine. It's a story about a dude who wants to do something else. Bing, bang, boom. <laughs> there you go. See, that's a sentence. You did it. You're <laughs> just, you, just, you just want your sentence to sound, like, real pretty. But, like, in reality, like, you can just water it down to, like, you know, it's about an existential crisis that a man has and, you know, going through it and what he does after. What's funny is I wrote it while having an existential crisis. So that was my that first was... question because when I read the initial draft, it felt eerily like a version of you it was and it was kind of what i was going through at the time in a way 
um, because I wrote it when, you know, we were low on work because of, you know, COVID and everything. And so it kind of came out that way. I always kind of had the idea for something like this in my head, but it just, the way it turned out just kind of more reflected what was going on. We never really summarized. Basically, it's a dude who basically has an existential crisis and uh, changes his life and follows one of the dreams he's always wanted to do. Um, so that's the gist. I guess I can write a sentence. Fine. You happy now? <laughs> I am so happy. <laughs> um, so, but like, I guess one thing too, you know, I think some writers hate writing when they feel like they are the story a little bit. Did you find that to be difficult or make it easy in this process? Um, I don't know if it really, I, I don't know why they would feel bad writing. I mean, let's be honest. I'm not some, you know, let's take it back a little bit and rewind. I'm not some, you know, classically trained writer or anything. I just did this <laughs> on a whim and what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really know, like, mm-hmm. if that's a good thing to be invested in it personally or not. Like, I really, truly don't. It never bothered me personally that it mm-hmm. was. I don't know if that's the right thing or not, but I never really. It made it a little bit easier. I'll say that. Interesting, because for me, when I have written projects in books, you know, whatever, the more personal it is, the more like of an emotional attachment. The harder it is, the more nostalgic it is, you know. And so that's just interesting that you're kind of able to kind of disconnect from it a bit. It's funny how. I mean, obviously, I, I'm the one who came up with all these people in the book and all the characters, mm-hmm. but you can relate to ones, and then you can also not relate to other ones. It's like they're both, they're both in your head, but one you relate to and one you don't. And it's like, how do you not relate to something you literally created? That was always that was something that really was oh, I think that's when I was super. Doing it. I was like, it's so unusual. I don't think that's unusual at all. I mean, an example that always comes up in my work uh, is in the final book of this one series I wrote, there's some really dark, twisted, evil characters, and like... The one guy is a pedophile, and I don't relate to him at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like I'm not drawn to what he is into, obviously. But, you know, his mindset and how he acts and reacts, like, I, I don't relate to it. But, you know, as a writer, we're sometimes called to go to places that we have to kind of create. And I think some writers shy away from doing that. Like, there are some writers who are good writers, but it's always, like, happy times. Like, oh, I don't like to kill people. Oh, I don't like to you know, have big, you know, sad scenes. I like to keep things light. And sometimes it's like, no, you got to have bad, you know, the bad thing needs to happen. That's what the story needs, right? So You know what's like, ironic? Go ahead. Is that I I was never, I, it's a fictional piece, but I've never really been a fan of reading fiction. I always read like memoirs and like Interesting. biographies and stuff. Like that's kind of my jam personally when I read. Mm-hmm. Um, fiction is not usually anything I ever really reach towards. But for some reason, I decided to do it this time, so I don't know. I will say, now that you've told me that, I think that really explains the thought process you had going into this book. Because to me, it does read almost like a memoir, almost like diary, almost like, you know, that area, which I think is a, obviously like it a It kind of does read like that, doesn't it? Now they say it that. does. You know, because, you know, you have a lot of exposition. You have a lot of... You know, I remember one of my things when I first read, I was like, oh, there's not like a lot of dialogue. Like it took a while to get to some dialogue, which I think was different for me because I'm kind of used to books having that dialogue be right in the top. So I think that explains why it's written like that because of your background. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's funny. I, I just never really, I mean, I always wanted to do this, but the the what's what's really weird is I took, a, it took me about a month to write mm-hmm. this. But it took me about nine to publish because of the, mm. just the, like the writing is almost the easy part, getting through the editing, the revisions, the editing again, mm-hmm. sending it off to this person, sending some of that, and then mm-hmm. finally getting it through. 
That was the more nightmarish part, to be honest. Really and I got I got to tell you, I mean, I ha- I haven't really been writing long form lately. It's been a lot of scripts. Haven't you written like seventeen novels? Thirty four. <laughs> Why don't you publish but, any of them? You know, frankly, it's just because of the editing process. I don't love, and I do have a few projects. Well, I did put out, and it's still I gotta up say there. something. Hold on, before oh, you go move ahead. on. You, I, I know. Mm-hmm. I let's see if I can explain this. I know your problem. You love. You love writing and you love mm-hmm. creating. Mm-hmm. You despise tweaking. You despise the final <laughs> little tweaks. Um, you I would, hate. I would agree with that a little bit. I, I think it's the creation that I love the most, and like the business and the editing, and the tweaking, and like the debates of people saying, "Well, why did you create it like this?" And it's like because I just did. Don't but, you ever you know, want to like release it into the wild? Though? Well, let me. I was getting that. So I did release in 2019. I turned two of my books into audiobook podcasts. So they're currently up there. And if you want to find them, it's from the library with Matt Rebar. And one is Unconscious Subconscious. One is Dream Realm. And they're both kind of, they both actually lean like kind of science fiction, fantasy, action, mystery. So uh, those are the two pieces. And I'm actually going to, I don't want to say too much about this because this is still under development. But I'm turning, I wrote a fun little like mystery last March, April when the, when quarantine was like at its strictest and I had really <laughs> nothing to do. Um, so I want to turn that, I think into an audiobook piece as well. You um, know what's, what, um, one of the most interesting questions I ever got though, when mm-hmm. I told people I wrote a book was, and it was the, one of the only questions I didn't really have an answer for is someone asked me, they said, well, what reading level is it? <laughs> I was like, have you ever put your, did you know. put it through? You can actually go, uh, some word check like online you could put your book through and see what reading level it is really? and mine yeah and mine usually come up 11th to 12th grade really yeah and and that mine's makes sense because a little bit younger i'm not gonna mine's probably like young high school i would and assume. i think why it makes sense because i do have a wide vocabulary i do have like that really intensive you know word choice for sure but like you know, dialogue—you can't have intense all your characters. Themes. It's like you when can't you watch a TV all... show and it says rated, you know, R for intense <laughs> themes. That's your book every time, yeah, right? But like, I think why it skews eleven, twelve is because like you can't have every character like some like vocabulary genius. Like you have to have some characters who are like a little like, yeah, that's cool, man. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> I, I, I hate when people write like that. Like they have just—they're just like almost showing off their vocabulary. It's like that's not really well. I think it fits in a purpose. I love, like, for example, I love metaphors a lot. So, like, I'll use I do too. in my me- in my writing a lot of metaphors, and and sometimes it comes across a little complex. But like, I think they're beautiful. But like, some writers don't do that, and some writers you got to be you know, careful with them because they can sound metaphors can be either really nice or really corny as hell. Like you. Gotta, oh, I agree. A, I I, I pride myself on not having those corny metaphors. But like, I was just reading a book where like. The first two sentences, or like the first chapter, had like two cold as ice metaphors, and I hate cold as ice the most. It's like <laughs> icy cold stare, that's fine, or like icy cold demeanor, that's fine. But when it's like cold as ice, I I'm like, oh my god, like what that, is Taylor ugh. Swift? <laughs> Not even Taylor Swift. That's like I don't even know. Like someone even question for you though. Yeah, go ahead. You you read one of the first editions of the book? Yes. Have you bought a book? Like, bought it yet? Yeah. Well, I thought I had an Amazon gift card, and I can't find it. So that's... I've been trying to find my Amazon <laughs> gift card to buy Amazon your book. On my ass. <laughs> well, I don't want to give Amazon any more money than I have to. So I'm trying to find that Amazon gift card. I think it's, like, 
the that, process that, that might have been the best response to like have you got my book yet is i gotta find my amazon gift card first can i please put that on social because that is um, one of, absolutely that is one absolutely. of the best responses i have yeah. ever heard yeah if that i can't find it soon i'll i will buy the hot off the press copy though oh but man i've been like see, trying to i'm like where is it i also don't like pressuring people to, i really feel weird about that oh my god so can i tell you a secret that's the biggest thing i hate too is like buy my blank buy my blank um, you know, when people talk about my Could, music, can like I my, mu- oh, go ahead. Yeah. Just sorry. I just want to, cause I'll lose this thought and you, it, it goes into what you're saying. I don't want people to buy it because necessarily I want the money. Obviously I get money from, it, which is nice, but I mm-hmm. want people to read it. Yeah, I really do. Um, one thing that I like, for example, my music, you can buy my music on like iTunes or Amazon or whatever. And I tell people, don't you dare throw down $10 to buy my music. That's ridiculous. Like, just stream it for free. <laughs> like, right now I'm looking. If you want, you can buy, like, Charcuterie or Hot Intern for $0.99. Cents, or if you want to buy the Hot Intern album, it's nine ninety. Oh, my God. Do you set those prices or do they? No, they set it. I don't touch That's it. It's such a random price, nine ninety. I know. Maybe it's like a discount. Maybe it was nine ninety nine. They put a discount. They put your thing on clearance. <laughs> they said it's nine. Get nine cents off if you buy these hot bops from Matt Rebar. Did they put hot bops or did you? No, I'm just saying like that's the advertisement. Like. Oh, I was gonna say. <laughs> um, um, so I mean, looking back at this process, you said the writing was easiest and the editing you found to be the hardest. Correct? Yeah, that was that was difficult. Because mm-hmm. you didn't want to move stuff. You're like, I think it's a good the way it is, and then mm-hmm. someone else would read it, but like, but it really shouldn't go this way or that way mm-hmm. so that was that was that was difficult and let me tell you one of the worst was the grammar editing oh my god yeah. that was the worst because naturally when you write it you're just you're flying through and you just kind of miss things or whatever you put two mm-hmm. words my god that the, the grammar editing was honestly the worst part that was the yeah i the agree worst. i the grammar thing always gets me tripped up and it's like and that's why i've never really seriously considered like I mean, I have some pieces that are ready, and I've I've been looking into it. I think since you've talked about it, it's gotten me looked into it. But like, you know, it's just like, oh man, I could I, I instead of spending forty billion hours editing a piece, I could be creating four new pieces <laughs> a little bit. Like it's that mentality. So I do have some news though. I have written mm-hmm. a kids book, believe it or not. Oh, and that is in the that is in the works. Still, we're getting mm-hmm. um, working on some illustrations for that, and that should be out. I'm also in development of number two, the second book. That's awesome. Look at you, Mr. Inspirational. I know. Um, looking back in this first book, is there anything that you would change at this point in time? Like, if you had the ability to change something in that book, or do you um, feel pretty good about it? You feel like you'd stand where you're at? I feel like I'd probably stay with it. I really do. Um, is it perfect? No, it's not. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm proud of it the way it was, the way it came out. And. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really think I would maybe just add a couple things here and there, but really the bones of it was pretty good. And I'm pretty with happy with how it came out. It's kind of like your baby almost. It really is. Mm-hmm. Like when you're done with these things, I mean, you were created a million things. You know what that's like. It's like your yeah. child. You know, I'm always, when it's like, been released in the world. Yeah, but they're okay. <laughs> I think when I, I can look back at some of my pieces though and tell you, this is what I wish I had done differently. But I mean, if I think if you are in a position where you're like, nope, I think we're all good. That's the beauty. That's mm-hmm. kind of what you want, right? Yeah. And I don't know. I, I've never liked to play Monday morning quarterback with anything I've I've done really. 
like I said, are there things I could fix in it? Yeah, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I just the, the way it flowed out so so well. I think that's a testament to what it was, and mm-hmm. I I don't think I would change all that much. To be honest. And do you think that this book helped change you in any way? Yeah, it did. It made me really because honestly. I always wanted to write something, and I was like, well, that's psychotic. I'll never be able to do that. And mm-hmm. now that I did and went through the process, it's like it kind of almost um, was a work of, like, uh, inspiration for myself, mm-hmm. too, knowing that, like, I can do this kind of stuff. I can Absolutely. do it again, and people are going to like it. And, you know, you're not some – you know, because in your head, you're like, well, I'm not a writer. I'm just some moron mm-hmm. putting some words on a page. But now you kind of do it, and now it's it's like, well – you do it again and then get better and better. And then it, it kind of almost opened up a new like field for me to look into a new path for mm-hmm. me to, to look into. So, um, it was definitely therapeutic. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. to write it. Um, cause it was so centered to kind of around what I was going around at the time that it was very, just, it felt good just to write, write a lot of it. So, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of a weird thing that it's a part of, it was written during a part of my life that was pretty terrible. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, it was a pretty terrible time of the year and everything, but so it's always going to have that weird stain of a memory, but um, it's nice. It's a nice little memento, too, from everything from last year, too. So I'm glad I did it. I'm glad it came mm-hmm. up when it did. Oh, I had a question that I wanted to follow up with you in there, but I think I lost it. Ooh, where was it? Oh, you know, I think the book, you know, especially at least in the beginning, it feels really sad. <laughs> at least the draft that I read. The, Do you? The, I'll tell you this. I'll say this. Mm-hmm. That is probably the fourth or fifth time someone's like, they texted me and they're like, hey, I read your prologue in chapter one. They're like, like, hot damn, this thing is sad. I'm like, I didn't yeah. mean it to be like that, though. Like, I get it, but. Mm-hmm. Do you think, I mean, you know, I don't think of you as a sad person. Do you think yeah. that was a challenge or was that just come, did that come naturally? Having that beginning piece be so. I mean, in my opinion, sad. <laughs> um, I'll have to read it. I actually haven't read it in a few months. So I'll mm-hmm. have to read it again. But um, I guess looking back, like, I guess I was kind of bummed out because obviously I wrote it and mm-hmm. I wrote kind of like, you know, it was in my head at the time, but I've never really felt that it was super sad at any time. So, I mean, um, I did it. I, I'll say this. I didn't mean it to be as depressing as I guess it kind of came across. And I guess mm-hmm. that's my fault a little bit. Maybe I should have worked on that and, but I mean, again, I, I when I wrote it, I didn't think it was that um, emotionally driven. But I guess uh, I guess it was. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I don't know. It gets better. I promise. It's the funny. It thing does. Is, it does. It's, it it's, builds it's up. It's a happy story in the end. Yeah, it is. It, it is. Just, it takes a minute. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, what what it poses is a lot of questions that I think a lot of people our age group are going through right now. You know, with existentialism and purpose and what am I doing with my life? And I, I mean, these are big questions and they're not easily happy. You have to no. kind of find the happiness in there a little bit. One of my favorite albums ever. It's called Life Sucks. Let's Dance. I really fish. <laughs> it's the best. Those guys actually going back to your music thing. I interviewed mm. them once on the radio and it was like 2009 era back when, you know, mm-hmm. downloading music online. Like Spotify wasn't a thing or anything like that. And so basically your choices were buy the albums or get it legally online, which was <laughs> the latter of most people were doing. And I actually asked him, I was like, do you care about people illegally downloading your music online? And the guy was like, I don't give a shit about that. He goes, we don't get much from our album sales anyway. As long as they come mm-hmm. to shows and buy a T-shirt, I don't care. 
Yeah. And yeah, that that's was, that's where you get your money is the tour. They're like, we literally don't get any money from that as much as you think. <laughs> like, we get money from T-shirts. Like, yeah. so if it gets you here and buys you, you get a T-shirt, then hell yeah, whatever, go for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I any other questions or any other things that comes to mind about this book right now? Not really, man. I'm 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 just glad that. I'm glad I did it. It was really, yeah. I was really happy I was able to do oh, it. Absolutely. And um, it's sitting on my bookshelf right now. And it's, you know, it's. Hey. it's <laughs> it, um, I don't know. It's just, nice. I've sold 50 so far. And it's, Woo. it's, it's cool to think about. It's like, hey, 50 people have read this thing that I wrote down. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think as any writer, the concept's always like, you know, I, this is what I need to write. And I don't care if 5, 10, 50, 500, 5 billion people, like, this is what I need to write. And if anyone, if even one person resonates with it, that's great. Right. And that's beautiful. Well, you know, we've kind of talked a bit. Why don't we save the second thing we're going to talk about for next time? I was literally just about to say. Well, Paul, I'm really excited uh, that you've done this. This is one thing that I'll eventually get to as well once I get the patience in me. But um, thank you so much for talking about this book. And thank give, you, give one more, let people know where you can they can find it. It's on Amazon, Amazon only. It's called We Always Find Ourselves Here. My name is Paul Laux, L-A-U-X. You can find it there. Go ahead, pick it up. Let me know what you think. Tweet at me and tell me how much it sucks. Thanks. <laughs> at Chops Radio. Let him know if it's too sad. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a great special edition of Thoughts of the Roundtable, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Later. Bye. Bye.